Welcome to the Christian Business Concepts with your host, Harold Milby. Christian Business Concepts is dedicated to guiding companies and business owners in becoming effective, efficient, and successful through God's Word and godly principles. Now, here's your host, Harold Milby. Welcome to another Christian Business Concepts podcast. Uh, This podcast is part two of our discussion that we've been having about multiplying yourself through leading by example. I want to continue along those lines and uh, and talk a little bit about some of the other ways that we should be leading by example. Um, one of those uh, ways is to not play favorites. You know, we see it in, in a lot of, of workplaces, um, and I just want to say that, you know, when you play favorites in the workplace, it destroys your credibility. Um, I don't think there's anything really that, that destroys your credibility much much worse than, you know, playing favorites. And though managing uh, employees by showing preferential treatment on the grounds of merit, now, you know, that's something that's okay, and, and I would even suggest that. But it's not the same as playing favorites. You know, showing favoritism in the workplace can cause a lot of resentment in other employees and destroy employee motivation. You know, the Bible talks a lot about favoritism, believe it or not. And, you know, it starts with God's own character. You know, in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 9, the Bible says, And ye masters do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. So it starts with God's character. God's character is such that he doesn't play favorites. Now, I know there are times in our lives when we look at people and we look at their lives and we say, wow, it sure seems like God's favoring them more than he favors me. Uh, But that's typically something that you're dealing with or you're going through personally. But the character of God does not allow him to play favorites. Uh, Peter, I believe, had a really a, a good understanding of this because in Acts chapter 10 and verse 34, the Bible says that then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. So I think he had an understanding of, of who God was. If you continue in the word you find in James chapter 2, verse 1, it says, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. Again, you know, having, having favoritism, it, it can easily become a part of who you are. And that's not what you want. You don't want to play favorites. You know, playing favorites can can be very, very subtle. You know, you let someone violate a dress code that maybe you don't let other people violate. Uh, You let somebody leave early and come in late, but you don't let other people come in and uh, uh, leave uh, leave early or or come in late. Uh, You overlook underperformance. You know, it's just little things like that. You know, leading by example is leading by actions, not words. You know, people look at it or hear what you say. They listen to what you say, but they expect you to communicate the same thing in what you do. So if you're saying one thing and doing something else, you're not leading by example. 
And playing favorites is definitely an issue where you really need to be careful and make sure that you're leading by example. You know, 1 Timothy 5.21, it says, I charge ye, uh, thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality. So again, you know, we, we do not want to show favoritism. You know, leading by example uh, inspires others to follow your lead. So if you're going to show favoritism, then they're going to learn to show favoritism. And you can show favoritism by gender, uh, by uh, ethnicity, by your educational background or religious background. Uh, I remember when I was in Utah, I had met some some, uh, people who were Mormons. Uh, And they owned a a fairly large business and had multiple locations. And I didn't talk to them for more than 10 minutes before I figured out that they favored uh, people of their own religion. So if you were a Mormon, you got the better promotion. If you were a Mormon, uh, you got bigger pay. If you were a Mormon, you had better opportunities. And I just looked at that and I I just thought to myself, you know, what, what a horrible place to work. You know, when you know that if you're not a Mormon, you're not going to get that opportunity that somebody else will that maybe don't even have the qualifications. And uh, so you can show favoritism in a lot of different ways. It could be uh, a friendship that you have that this person actually works for you, or maybe they're just a type person you gravitate to and you like. It's easy to show favoritism, and it's just something that you can't do. Playing, Playing favorites can cause you to miss giving Uh, others an opportunity to grow and develop strengths and abilities. Uh, Playing favorites can cause other uh, perspective and ideas that you need uh, to stifle your own creativity because you're not hearing from those people because they're not one of your favorites. You know, playing favorites, it keeps you from building a really strong, cohesive team. So how how do we avoid playing favorites. Well, first, you know, you, you've got to follow company policies and standards. Uh, that's the first thing. If your company and you have established or your church or your organization has, has established policies, procedures, and standards, then make sure you follow those with everybody. You know, we talked about letting somebody leave early or come in late. Look, if that's not your company policy, then don't do it for one person. Uh, it will become a problem for you. Uh, establish clear standards of performance. You know, make sure everybody's on the same page of what's expected of them. Uh, create a standard of excellence. You know, I talk about Alexa, uh, excellence a lot. Uh, it is something that, you know, you can create in your organization. Uh, but I think if you're going to avoid playing favorites, that's one thing that's really good is if you can create this standard of excellence where you've got this high uh, watermark that you want everybody to reach. Uh, the next thing is make time uh, for everyone. You know, make time for everyone. You know, one of the things that I, I really like about my operations manager, when he comes into the the um, the factory, he goes around and greets everybody in every department. I mean, it's just what he does every morning. He just goes in and say says hi, says good morning to them, uh, and he does it to everybody. 
And, you know, I just think that goes a long way in showing people that you're, you know, that you're not showing favorites. And it does something else that you need to do, which is to be inclusive. You need to be inclusive in your assignments, uh, be inclusive for people on teams if you develop a team for a certain project. Make it a conscious thing to include people. Make it, make it a conscious thing. Keep it in the forefront of your mind. Uh, the next thing that you can do to avoid playing favorites is give everyone a voice and ask for opinions. You know, opinions, opinions aren't going to hurt you. You know, there's a lot of people in leadership that don't like to ask the opinions of those that work under them or work for them. Uh, they don't want to do that because they don't want to hear what they have to say. And and some of that is is a lack of confidence, which we'll get into later. But, you know, I think that you got to give everybody a chance to speak up. And I, we like to cre- create that kind of environment uh, with uh, within the company that I that I operate and and uh, it, it really has given us opportunities that we otherwise would never have had. So I just think it's important that you give everybody a voice. Uh, the next thing that you should do is administer awards fairly. If you're giving out awards and it's always going to the same person, you know, just just you should that that should be a, a red flag to you. Uh, make sure that you do that fairly. Um, and then another thing is beware of those employees who try to uh, suck up. You know, you know those employees. It's easy sometimes if they uh, they suck up and stroke your own ego. It, it, you kind of gravitate to those people, uh, and you know, because you like that. And uh, you know, you you sometimes become uh, kind of give them a little favoritism just because of that reason. So be aware of who those employees are. Not that you punish them and not that you treat them any differently, but just to be aware of that so that you can keep your own self honest. Um, coach those people who need coaching and need improvement. Work with those people. Uh, it, it shouldn't be the person that you think has those abilities. You should get to know those people and find out who has a need for improvement, and then you work with them. Uh, the next thing that you do is you base praise and rewards on performance, base rewards and um, and praise on performance. Um, so again, let's uh, be really careful about how we show favoritism in the workplace. Now, the next thing I want to talk about when we're talking about leading by example is uh, leading your uh, with your worth ec- uh, ethic um, and your work commitment. But let's talk a little bit about that. You know, unfortunately, we, we've seen a tremendous decline in America's work ethic. Innovations in the last 50 to 60 years have made life a lot easier, right? Our government has added more and more entitlement programs. I've seen this in the manufacturing company that I work for. I've noticed what a lot of other employers have noticed, that no one wanted to put in the extra effort or go the extra mile. You know, many people have no desire to add value to the organization that they work for. You know, the workers are unmotivated. They have a sense of entitlement. You know, it seems like no one wants to work hard to get the things in life that they want. They just expect to get things. Um, As a Christian, we should want to be an example of godly character and ethics. You know, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, it says, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord. And not unto men. What a powerful passage for those who want to lead 
by example of godly ethics. You know, we're supposed to do everything and do it heartily, do it with all our ability, with all of our talent, put all of our effort into it as if we were doing that for the Lord himself directly. You know, the word work has kind of become a four-letter word ending in K. You know, let, let me give you an ex, a, a recent example. Um, I, I recently sold a, a large piece of equipment, and uh, we weren't using it any longer. And uh, while the gentleman was there picking up this piece of equipment, he had rented a truck and drove, you know, to pick this piece of equipment up. He noticed another smaller machine that we had on a shelf that we hadn't used in quite some time because we just purchased a, the new and improved model. And uh, he gave me a couple of hundred dollars for it, and I sold it to him. Now, the issue was the fact that he gave me cash. Now, you know, I knew that no one in accounting had that little machine anywhere on a list of assets uh, for, our, for our location. And for a few seconds, I, I'll be honest, I was tempted to keep the cash. You know, I thought, well, I'll, you know, and you justify it. You know, well, I'll buy pizza for everybody. Uh, you know, nobody will miss it. Uh, you know, this will just be a little bonus for me. You know, you have all those thoughts that kind of run through your mind. And so for a few seconds, I was tempted to keep it. But what I did to overcome that, because, again, I want to be an example. And what I did is I called the CFO, and I told him what I'd sold. I explained I had the cash. And so he told me, he said, well, just bring the cash in. I appreciate you letting me know. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, give us a, a bill of sale, and then we'll, we'll handle it. Well, I felt good after that because, I, you know, I felt like, you know, I was leading by example. Um, I wasn't looking for an attaboy or a pat on the back, but I did want to make sure that for myself I could look back and, and, and say I made a good decision. I, 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 was, I did not allow myself to be overcome with temptation, and I led by example. So, you know, and that just happened recently, so I thought I'd share that with you. You know, one of the other things that I've noticed in many workers is they're not willing to play hurt. Uh, at the first sign of a cold, they call in sick. Now, I know with COVID and everything, things are a little bit different. But even before COVID, I'd noticed this. And if they have the slightest pain, they got to leave work early. If they got the simplest thing wrong at home, they got to stay home. You know, some will even prepare their boss. I've seen this by acting like they're sick while they're at work the day before so they can call in sick. I mean, it takes personal fortitude to come in and work when you're not at your best. It takes discipline to, to put in that effort, to get that project done when you're struggling with allergies or, or maybe you just were up all night and didn't sleep well and, you know, you, you came in anyway. Now, now, before you judge me too harshly now, I'm not talking about coming to work when you're extremely sick or even contagious. I mean, I have some great employees and have actually had to send people home because their work ethic wouldn't let them, you know, stay home when they really needed to. So I'm not saying that. You know, I'm talking about the two types of employees. They're what I call their lean-ins or lean-outs. So they either lean into their work and their job or they lean out. So a lean-out is a person who looks for ways and reasons why they can't do their job. Uh, the lean-outs, they don't think about their teammates. They don't think about leaving them hanging. 
you know, they don't, they don't, they don't go there in their mind. A lean out is a person who waits for somebody to tell them what to do. So they'll stand around and they'll just wait around until somebody comes around and tells them what to do. You know, they're the persons that look for that first opportunity to take a break. You know, they're that person that has all those excuses. You know, now a lean in is a person who looks for ways that they can complete their work and complete it effectively and efficiently. They want to be a part of the team. They look for something to do. They don't wait for you to tell them. They look for something to do. They never try to make excuses why something won't work or give you a reason why they can't. They're always trying to figure out how they can. So those are the two employees I'm talking about. I'm talking about lean-ins and lean-outs. And I'm asking you, are you an example of leaning in? Are you an example of leaning out? And we need to lead by example when it comes to our work ethics. Now, you know, one of the most honored, and I always like to use this example, one of the most honored and decorated naval commanders was Lord Horatio Nelson. Uh, Many of you don't know that when he won his greatest victories, he was suffering from gout, malaria, chest pains, depression. He had a missing eye. He had a missing arm. And, 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 above, and above all, which a lot of people don't know, he, had, he has suffered a lot from seasickness. And he was one of the greatest naval commanders in the history of our nation. And, uh, you know, some may say he chose the wrong line of work. But I believe that he's a good example of those who are willing to pay the price for a cause that they believe in. You know, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, it says, uh, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So my question to you is, are you bringing glory to God? In whatsoever you do, in everything that you do, are you doing it to the glory of God? Lead by example and lead with your your work ethics. Uh, Vince Lombardi, uh, many of you know, some of you don't know, a great coach, he made this statement. He said, the quality of a man's life is in direct proportion to his commitment to excellence, regardless of his chosen field or endeavor. I firmly believe that any man's finest hour His greatest fulfillment to all he holds dear is that moment when he has worked his heart out in a good cause and lies exhausted on the field of battle victorious. Man, I'd like to have that just blown up and framed up and put in my office. I I, I just love that quote by Vince Lombardi. Now, most of you know Mike Rowe. He's got a hit show on TV called Dirty Jobs. Um, you may also know Mike from the many Ford commercials. He used to do a lot of Ford commercials. What you may not know is that Mike is the founder of the Mike Rowe Works Foundation. And it's a nonprofit uh, foundation that promotes hard work and supports uh, the skilled trades. So his, uh, his foundation up to this point has awarded over $1.6 million in technical school scholarships uh, to men and women who've demonstrated um, an interest or an aptitude for working in those certain trades. And in order to participate in his program, and in order for them to receive a scholarship, they have to sign a pledge. And I happen to find this pledge that he has them sign. He calls it the sweat pledge. 
S-W-E-A-T, Sweat Pledge, and it stands for Skill, Work Ethic, Aren't, our skill and work ethic aren't taboo. So that is what SWEAT stands for in his pledge. And so I'm just going to read these items in this pledge that they have to sign in order to participate in his program. Uh, number one, I believe that I have won the greatest lottery of all time. I am alive. I walk the earth. I live in America. Above all things, I am grateful. Number two, I believe that I am entitled to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, nothing more. I also understand that happiness and the pursuit of happiness are not the same thing. I believe there is no such thing as a bad job. I believe that all jobs are opportunities, and it's up to me to make the best of them. Number four, I do not follow my passion. I bring it with me. I believe that any job can be done with passion and enthusiasm. Number five, I deplore debt and do all I can to avoid it. I would rather live in a tent and eat beans than borrow money to pay for a lifestyle I can't afford. Number six, I believe that my safety is my responsibility. I understand that being in compliance does not necessarily mean I'm out of danger. Number seven, I believe the best way to distinguish myself at work is to show up early, stay late, cheerfully volunteer for every crappy task there is. I love this. Uh, number eight, I believe the most annoying sounds in the world are whining and complaining. I will never make them. If I'm unhappy in my work, I'll either find a new job or find a way to be happy. Number nine, I believe that my education is my responsibility and absolutely critical to my success. I am resolved to learn as much as I can from whatever source is available to me. I will never stop learning and understand that library cards are free. Number 10, I believe that I am a product of my choices, not my circumstances. I will never blame anyone for my shortcomings or the challenges I face, and I will never accept the credit for something I didn't do. Number 11, I understand the world is not fair, and I'm okay with that. I do not resent the success of others. Number 12, I believe that all people are created equal. I also believe that all people make choices. Some choose to be lazy. Some choose to sleep in. I choose to work my butt off. On my honor, I hereby affirm the above statements to be an accurate summation of my personal worldview, and I promise to live by them. And then he has them sign uh, this document. So here are the building blocks, I believe, are, the, are to developing commitment and a strong work ethic. First of all, take responsibility and ownership of your job and every task that you do. Next, realize there's no such thing as a perfect job. There's not. Uh, you know, the Pareto principle, you know, really applies even to your job because 80% of the satisfaction of your job comes from 20% of what you do in your job. There's lots of things in the job that I do I don't like. And there's a lot of people under me that think, wow, isn't it great to be you? And I always tell people, look, the higher you go in leadership and the level of leadership, the less choices you have. I don't really have a choice to just stay home and not go into work. You know, some of our employees, they have that choice. I don't have that choice. And so, you know, there, there's no perfect job. I don't care what it is. And even if you think you found the perfect job, once you've been working, you find out it's not a perfect job. Um, next, be reliable. 
Be that person that you that that can depend on you, that your boss can depend on you, that your employees can depend on you. Be that person uh, that can be reliable. Uh, next, take initiative. Don't wait around. You know, show your employees, lead by example, and show them that you take initiative. Uh, next, be on time. You know, again, we're talking about work ethic and leading by example. Come to work on time. Put in the extra effort. Let them see you put in the extra effort. Uh, that's a real big deal to me. Uh, that is always on my mind. I'm always talk, thinking in my mind, what can I do to make sure they see that I'm putting in the extra effort? Because I can't expect them to put in extra effort if they look at me and they don't see me doing the same thing. And then learn to play hurt. You know, there are times when if the allergies are kicking up or maybe you're a little sore from yesterday, whatever, that you come in and you play hurt anyway. You know, you just do it. You don't have to talk about it, you know, but you do. Um, next is be honest. Uh, just, you know, let people see you be honest. Um, and lastly, let others see your want to. Let them see how you lean in. And that is great work ethics. Now, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about just ethics in general. And uh, we're going to continue this uh, next on our next podcast and as we continue this idea of how we multiply ourselves through our employees and through those that work with us, either volunteer with us, by leading by example and seeing them and, or having them see us in those situations and watch and learn from us. So until the next broadcast, I want to thank you for tuning in and to let you know and remember that Jesus is Lord and he wants you blessed. Thank you for tuning into this week's Christian Business Concepts podcast.